This is a HeadGum Podcast. tuning in to episode 114 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. This episode is titled The Mother's Day Episode. Happy Mother's Day. We've decided to devote a podcast solely to moms everywhere. And in this episode, various members of the team behind Black Girl Nerds interviews their moms. We start off with myself and then Kendall, Joy, Tora, KB, and Joelle. Each of these segments are very special in a lot of different ways. Some will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and one particular segment is devoted to all of the listeners out there who may not have a mom to celebrate this Mother's Day. So first and foremost, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. We really hope you like it. We devoted our heart and soul into coming up with some of these really great questions to ask our moms. And like I mentioned before, you're definitely going to laugh, you're definitely going to cry, and you're going to be filled with all kinds of emotions during this interview. We're going to kick it off with myself and my mom. And if you hear a little snoring in the background, that's my dog. So thanks so much for tuning in to episode 114, BGN Moms. Happy Mother's Day. Black Girl Nerds podcast, each of us are having conversations with our moms. So first and foremost, happy Mother's Day, Mom. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk to you about me growing up and also kind of learn a little bit about you. So what do you remember most about our relationship like while I was growing up? Oh, we had fun together. Of course, you being a girl and everything, we had a lot in common, <laughs> you know, and the dolls and uh, putting makeup on the dolls and um, watching, you know, shows on TV that we liked together. We did a lot of things together that we liked, girly stuff. I enjoyed that because I had a girl and a boy, and the boy had the, my son had the trucks and stuff boy stuff you know so being that you were a girl and everything I had a little bit more in common because I could dress you up and we could dress up the dolls you know stuff like that stuff like that (laughs) I really enjoyed um like as a kid going into your closet and wearing some of your clothes and I remember you had a lot of shoes 
You had yeah. so many. I remember there was this one particular pair of shoes. They were like blue sequins and they were just so pretty and sparkly and I would just walk around in them. <laughs> and then you had some pink ones, like it was a hot pink color and it had like a little clear um, cover on the heel. Oh, it was I could cute. wear those today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know I couldn't wear them today. But I tried wearing them as a kid. So, yeah, I remember that in my childhood. Uh, what do you feel like is the best advice that you gave me while I was growing up? Uh, what do you mean as a younger, um, as a kid or in your teens or at what age? I'm, I would you... say, let's say both. Like, as a kid, what was some advice that you gave me? And then what's some advice that you've given me recently? Well, always uh, have good manners. Yeah. Yes, that's the first thing. Be respectful. Be yeah. always be a lady. Um, and as you got a little older and you were in school and everything, I wanted you to study and try to learn as much as you can and get your education. Try to get a degree. That's type of good stuff. What's some stuff that you've uh, given me advice about recently as an adult? As an adult, be... Uh, have more positivity. Be more positive yeah. about things. You know, if things don't go your way, don't get disappointed about it. You know, just uh, try again and try to do better the next time. True. I mean, recently, I won't go into it, but recently I was rejected for something and that was exactly what you gave me. It was like, don't get upset about it. You know, think positive and, you know, just try again when that opportunity comes your way. Right. So. You have to think positive. You can't let it get you down. Yeah. You know. So what's one story that sticks out from my childhood that always makes you laugh? Oh, do you really want to know? <laughs> <laughs> do you really, really want to know? Well, I'll tell Uh-oh. you. Uh-oh. You were about, uh, maybe about three years old. No, no. You were younger than, maybe two or three, just learning to go potty. Okay, and um, I was trying to teach you to sit on the potty and do your thing or whatever. So eventually, you did do the, the potty. Thing. I did the do. The, the, the do do. do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the, the do the stool the stool I'll say the stool the stool was there, <laughs> and then you say, "Look, mommy, look, mommy," and I looked down and I saw it, and we all stood over the stool and was clapping, "Yay!" Yay, Jamie did the stool. <laughs> and uh, we just laughed about that. You know, we were so happy. So after that, you know, first stool, you continuously, you know, started to go to the stool. And um, that's what I remember. <laughs> I, I continually went to the stool, uh-huh. to, the, to the toilet stool. <laughs> yes, and uh, we were just applauded about it. Look, Mommy, I did it. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Aw. Well, that was something I didn't really remember, but I'm glad that that was a good memory for you. Yeah, I always remember that. It was the first time. We were just laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> I think things that really make me laugh and also just things that I enjoy talking to you about is like when we talk about your experiences of living in New York and then like when I lived in New York at some time mm-hmm. and we just talk about like different neighborhoods that we were in. Oh, yes. and in Harlem. And living in Harlem and riding the train station like these aren't necessarily like funny things but these were 
interesting and entertaining conversations that we had. Uh So that's what. There's a lot to talk about. I tell you, when we get talking about New York and me living in New York practically all my life, and you were there for maybe about three or four years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We and it's interesting because you lived, you know, during a time during like the pre gentrification of New York, and then I was there post. But it was still black like a Panther, lot of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other Black Panther, not the comic book Black Panther. But we shared a lot of the same experiences, so it's fun talking about that. So, like, what music did you listen to while I was growing up? Uh, when you were growing up, uh, well, Michael Jackson, of course, of course, Michael Jackson. Hello, and um. Uh, All the eighties stuff. Yes. Remember Paula Abdul? Straight Paula up Abdul. Now time. Yes. All the <laughs> that 80s. was like nineties. As but... a matter of fact, we listen. We look look at that now. Every now and then on TV, me they may show eighties. Uh, oh yeah, the music, music. channel. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. We go back and uh, I think one time we was up here to four o'clock in the morning. Dancing. Remember, we was looking at all the eighties. It started from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and we listened to all of them. Then we got up on the floor, start dancing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you call bonding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite song from the eighties? Like a song that really sticks with you? It was so many. Yeah, it's so many. I like them all. I could name one, and then you could name another one. I said, oh, yeah, that one, that one. I mean, there's so many. I know. It's It's hard to pick one. Yeah. I mean, I liked a lot of the Michael Jackson. I love Whitney Houston, of course. Mm -hmm. Luther Vandross. A lot of the R&B stars of the 80s. Luther with the the curl. (laughs) (laughs) Big Luther, not little Luther. (laughs) That curl wasn't really... And that's that's another funny moment. Going back to like funny moments we had was when we always talk about kings of comedy because that's like oh, our yes. favorite yes. comedy concert. Exactly. So we always recite lines from <laughs> different movies. Yeah, different movies, but especially uh, the kings of comedy. Cedric the Entertainer was the best one. Anyway, um, so what was the first book or TV show or movie that we bonded over? I mean, we kind of just discussed that with. I think I think um, the Cosby Show. Um, yeah. And that scene um, with the the right that was the right time is it the night time is the right time. Oh uh, yeah, that, that, when they was all singing and coming down, coming the, stairs. down the stairs and everything. Yes, uh huh. I like by that Ray scene. Charles. Yeah. Yes, uh huh. That was one. Bye bye. <laughs> that was little Rudy. Yeah. Little Rudy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was an epic episode. Um, as I continue to grow, you know, I'm still growing, still learning this crazy world that we're in. What is your biggest hope for me as I continue my journey? What's your hope for my future? That you become your own boss. Yes. You know, that That's what you, you talk about all the time, and I think that that's the best thing for you, mm-hmm. especially in the... Uh, Black girl nerds community and and what you're doing there. Um, mm-hmm. That it's nothing like being your own boss. That's that's enough said right there. Right. I don't have to go any further. <laughs> no, I I would love to be my own boss one day. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that one. What are you most proud of me for? Accomplishing what you've done so far. You've come a long way in the last four years. 
you know. Um, yeah. Think and everything that you're doing, you're doing it, you know, on your own. That that's that's a big accomplishment right there. Um, I really don't have to go into a whole lot of blah 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 because cut and dry. You started like about four years ago from nothing and has built it up to what you have today. Five years. Five years? It's okay, been five it's been, years. It's been five years. Mm -hmm. So but basically, I mean, of course you have the community now and a lot of people, followers helping you or whatever, but you started this all on your own just by going, I think you went to um, Google or something. You went to Google, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Google it and just went from there. I mean, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah. That's true. I mean, was that your question? Because you know I was rattling on. No, it. no, that's. The, I mean, that's perfect. So you're you're proud of the work that I've done with Black Girl Nerds. Yes, yes. Okay. Remember that time when um, you was working at Beverly Hill, Beverly Hills. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You were living. You were working at the Beverly Hilton in Beverly Hills, California. No, you was working for Beverly Enterprises. And I think they were doing like a layoff. So yeah. you guys were like in transition yes, yes. and it was in that old FX building. Yes. And you took me and Jermaine to your yes. job every day. Yes. I just remembered like reading books and yes. just um, playing around with Jermaine and drawing. Like you were doing everything to keep us preoccupied. Yeah. So that was just a really cool memory. And then there was like a popcorn machine. Yes, it was free popcorn. You can get all the popcorn you want. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy that used to work with us. He used to... He would have popcorn for breakfast, dinner, and supper. That's all he do, Ralph. His, his name was Ralph. Uh-huh. All he do was eat up eat all the popcorn. All the popcorn. <laughs> he would make the popcorn. We didn't even have to didn't even have to make it. Wow. It was greedy. And then you had worked at Ticketmaster. Um, it was called Ticketron, I think, right. at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was like a cigarette machine. That was back when yes. cigarettes you could get in a vending machine. Yeah. But what was so cool about that machine? All that money. Yeah. And if I had a no, if I had any sense, if we had any sense, we would have just kept right on getting the money. But somebody probably would have come in there and saw that we were doing it because you were kids, you know. Right. And, um, goodness gracious. But let, let me explain because people are like getting the money. So the cigarette machine, we would put twenty five cents in, and it would back. dispense like seventy five cent back, and then we put fifty cent in, and then it would dispense like a dollar in coins back. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and me and Jermaine, we left that day with just all these quarters and wow, that was the best. Yeah, that was a fun experience getting money from the cigarette machine. So that was cool. And then like, I feel like you got me into comic books too, because I remember you would drop me and Jermaine off at the comic store. That part, I don't remember leaving you in there by yourself. That part, I don't remember. I do, because we would be in there reading comic books. Which comic book store was this? I remember it was Comics and Things in Virginia Beach. Yeah, and what, there used to be when they would... Where's it still located? This was in Pembroke. It was off of um, Aragona Boulevard. Oh, really? Over there? Okay. Yeah. They're, and they would have like this pen... And on the pen, it said, this pen has been stolen from comics oh, yeah. and that things. That I remember. That I remember. I'll never forget that. But they did that on purpose. They did that on purpose because people take like pens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty certain you had dropped us off because I just remember being in there by myself with Jermaine. And we would just be in the store for hours reading just, comic books. I don't think I just left you in there, though, by yourself. Well, then I maybe you stayed in a car or something. You know, yeah, I may have been... But know, we was in there for a long time yeah, looking at comics. Been in there. 
you were so into what you would do, and maybe you thought you was in there by yourself, but I would never leave you by yourself in the public like that. But anyway, um, so I'm listening to Brandy cleaning herself, thinking about the animals that we've had over the years, too. There was, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I know what you're going to say. When Dodie put that garbage bag over top of her head, was running and <laughs> she couldn't get the bag off of her head. <laughs> she was running with the bag on. Is that what you're laughing about? I w- oh, well, I was thinking of another memory, but that's a that's a funny memory. So yeah, Dodie the cat was. I don't know what had happened, but there was a plastic bag, and somehow the plastic bag went over Dodie's head, and. She just started running, and the bag was traveling with her, so she was just running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And I just remember Jermaine being in his room, and he shut the door. He didn't know what was going on, but he, he shut that door and locked it. Oh, my goodness. That was the best part of it. But I was thinking about when you first got me Tito. Oh, yeah. When you came home from school. I came home from school. And I had her in a box with a red ribbon around her. She had a red ribbon. (laughs) Tell me the story about that because you said that there was a little bit of a challenge getting her... Remember she had went underneath the TV set? Oh, that was after we had her for a while. And, um... We had she we had had her for like you know maybe a week or so. No, was, no, it was the day that you had adopted her, and you had said that you was trying to um get her together because it was a surprise for me. But then you said that Dodie, not Dodie, Tito had went underneath the TV. That, she did go under the TV, but that wasn't the same. Oh, scenario. that wasn't the same a day. Different scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, now, this was at another time, but but she was still tiny like that. That yeah. she could get up under the TV, you know, and oh my goodness. But we got her. We got her, thank mm-hmm. goodness, yeah. Remember Jermaine's hamster, Shaba, named yeah. after Shaba Ranks, Mr. Loverman? <laughs> <laughs> he named his hamster Mr. Loverman. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> and he wound up disappearing, and we still never Today, found him. don't know what happened to Don't him. know what happened uh-huh. to, the, to the hamster. Because the hamster knew how to go up and down the stairs. He had trained it to travel. Remember when your hamster bit my toe? Yeah. <laughs> My toe wouldn't turn it loose. <laughs> Brownie. And you were laughing, and I was hurting. I was trying to get it. Get off of my toe. I was shaking my toe. It was funny. And, and remember when Dodie used to, like, bite you in the middle of the night when you would be, like, walking in the kitchen or something? Yeah. Well, it would, she would attack you. Exactly. I don't know why she did That's that. That's so weird. I know. And my leg would bleed, too. Yeah. yeah she did this several times. She never did that to me. I don't know why she would bite me. To get my attention. She would literally bite me. (laughs) Animals. What are your plans for Mother's Day? Uh, For Mother's Day? Well, before Mother's Day, the day before Mother's Day, a couple of days ago, I'd like to have, get my hair done, and get nails done, and... Go out to dinner. Okay. And um, that's it for me. That sounds like a solid Mother's Day yes. right there. Look pretty and go out to dinner. Go out to dinner. Yeah. That's that, it for me. That's it Don't for take you. much to make me happy. <laughs> cool. Well, I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to me about Mother's Day and answering these questions and reliving memory lane. And reliving memory lane. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't even talk. <laughs> um, but this was fun. No, really, this is this was a great discussion. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. I love you, mommy. I love you too, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Our next interview features Kendall and her mom. What did you say? I'm excited to just for my pooch Pooch. Where'd you get that from anyway? I have no idea. I have no idea. I just know I just start calling you. First I started calling you Kendall Poochie. Kendall Poochie. No, then it was Ken Poochie. <laughs> then I just dropped all that K stuff and just said, okay, Poochie. Then you look so cute and I'm like, oh, Poochie Poo. <laughs> <laughs> then I got tired of saying all that. I'm like, Pooch. <laughs> yeah, it became several different yeah, versions of it. Yeah, most of the time it's Poochie. Poochie Poo. Well, for the record, Mom, okay. yes. tell us your name. Linda Gale. Linda Gale. Linda Gale, yes. That's what I'm called, Linda Gale. <clears throat> Chew. <laughs> Thought I thought that in there. Shout out to all the chews. <laughs> because we we are here. Yes, okay, so yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. The, the, the chews are here. Yes, we are. So, explain how you came up with the name Kendall. That's an interesting story. Okay, well, I was working for the Postal Service, and a lady sitting next to me had a daughter. Her name was Kendall, Kendall Nicole. And I, thought, oh, I didn't oh. know that. You never told me that. And I thought, oh, that's so pretty. I love that name. I didn't like the Nicole part, but I liked the Kendall part. So I told her, I said, you know what? When I have a daughter, I'm going to name her Kendall. And she's, I said, it's so pretty. And then uh, as the pregnancy went along, I started hearing other names like Jordan, Cecily. It was going to be Cecily and then Sasha. Sasha, Jordan, and Cecily. Those are my three. Sasha became the number one. Then I went back to Kendall. I'm like, but I like Kendall. And of course, you know, Helen Jean. Helen Jean. My mom. Well, I know that, but you weren't considering name me that. No, I'm sorry. Oh! <laughs> we finished. No, Helen Jean had to put her five cents. Her yes, 25 as, cents. As, as grandma likes yes, to do. Her 20, not two cents. <laughs> her 25 cents in it. <clears throat> well, I like Kendall. And I said, well, I do too, but that was my first choice. Always was my first choice. But I was really, really close to Sasha. Really. So I said, okay. She said, well, how are you going to spell it? So in the comment, I said, well, I don't want to spell it K-E-N-D-A-L-L. That's the, that's the last name. Plus, it looks like a boy name. And I'm not an I person. I'm a Y person because my name is spelled with a Y. So we, we said, okay, K-Y. She was like, K-Y-N-D-E-L. I'm like, no. <laughs> K, uh, K-Y-N-D-I-L? No. I said, it's going to be K-Y-N-D-A-L. And she was like, oh. And then, then my cousin Melita saw her. She was like, did you know your whole name was in her name? I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> so you did that on purpose. That was the purpose. <laughs> yes. So it would look like Linda. Yes. Yes, I did. And I've been pleased with it. And then I was going to do Michelle. Okay. And Mom was like, what, her 25 cents. <laughs> her 25 cents. 25 cents. Not two cents, but 25 cents. Mm-hmm. We already have a Michelle in the family. And I hadn't, I hadn't told her Nicole or anything. I hadn't said nothing. Okay. But she said, well, how about... Michelle. I'm like, okay. 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 I like I like 
like that. That'll work. Yeah. Your little 25 cents was worth a dollar. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we came up with it. I should have known Grandmom had some input in Yeah, this. she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it worked out. It worked out fine because I love it. <laughs> you I'm fine with it. it. Yes, I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine with it. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with Sasha too, but you uh, yes, know. I would have been too. I just could. Th- I, we couldn't get the middle name with the Sasha. Yeah. Sasha Nichelle. That, that. I mean that. Yeah. That's that's cute. But we hadn't come up with the Nichelle at the time. We had oh, to come yeah. up with the Kendall first. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. Then you yeah. find something else to go along yeah, with it. And we do have a Michelle in the family. Yeah, so. yeah. Because it was gonna be Kendall, Kendall Michelle. So she's like, oh, how about Nichelle? Instead of Nichelle, she likes Nichelle. Nichelle. But, but it's still Nichelle. No one says that. Nobody, nobody says that. <laughs> it's, it's Kendall Nichelle. No. Kendall Nichelle. No one says that. No. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the first, you know, we, we, we like to watch movies and yes. TV shows. And TV shows, yes. Yeah. But, so what's like the first movie or show, whatever that, that we like bonded up? Um, well, I have to start when you were a little older, when you were like, 12 and 13 then I have to go back to when you were smaller but when you were like the little girl it was always it was I Love Lucy yes because when you were younger your curfew was 8.30 I mean you know you were you were in bed at 8 we read a story sleep by 8.30 lights out and then as you got a little older like maybe 10, 11 I just stepped up to 10 o'clock well Lucy came on on the CW it was channel 33 Lucy came I Love Lucy came on I think it was two episodes, too. I think she came on at 9. Yeah, no, well, they had like 10 and 10, thir- or 9 and 9.30. It was 9 and 9.30. Yeah. yeah, 9 and 9.30, because you was, you was till 10 o'clock, you wouldn't be able to. Then they would play Frasier. Yeah. Frasier came on before. <laughs> anyway, that's your thing, though. <laughs> you know, I love so, Frasier. <laughs> so we watched I Love Lucy. We started watching I Love Lucy every night, and you just got completely, completely, completely hooked to the point where you bought the whole series. No. It's such a funny show. It's extremely funny. <laughs> extremely funny. And we both laughed. And I don't know, I didn't know any other little kid that, that lo- except Selena. Well, it's probably because you were watching it. Maybe so. But Selena loved Lucy. Yeah, but all your, all your friends and all your relatives knew that you loved I Love Lucy. <laughs> yes, because I used to get Christmas That's gifts. That's synonymous with Kendall. I Love Lucy. <laughs> Yes. And Bobby bought me Christmas gifts with I Love Lucy on it. I Love on Lucy. It. <laughs> I Love Lucy. And then, and then um, there was a <clears throat> one, one Saturday morning. Had to be a Saturday morning. It was around 8 o'clock. You came in the room. You started watching The Men Who Killed Kennedy. And it was an eight-hour eight series back-to-back. And you sat there and we watched it. And we watched it. And I was surprised that you really got it. You really got into the uh, assassination of John F. Kennedy. <clears throat> we watched it from beginning to end. That was a good documentary. <clears throat> was Only good taking a potty break. Yeah. I don't even think we ate <laughs> until it went off. I mean, we just, we sat there mesmerized on, on the bed. We, we was, both of us were sitting on top of the bed and watched it from beginning to the end. That was like eight hours straight. Yeah. That was good. It was good. And you've been mesmerized over the Kennedy assassination since then. Yeah. You remember when the fiftieth came? When the fiftieth, and they showed all the different versions of the assassination. Oh yeah, yeah. All the shows, all the ones we had documents that we had not seen, and you yeah. were, you rushed home to see some and you recorded some. It was yeah. That's and it. I think um, like being from Dallas and that being like a thing so. that kind of had. I, a, I mean, so. other people are obviously you know. Yes. But I think just being from Dallas and that's you know. Right, right, right. 
And then me sitting there watching it. And yeah. We're yeah. only like, I think the city is only just now getting past it. I think so too. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That was if like a big, it, that yeah. was a big stigma. Like, it was. It was. This is the place where it was. you all shot and killed the president. And killed. <laughs> and killed. Not just shot. Out in the open. And killed him. Yes. And killed him. And then, shot his, and then shot the person who shot him. Yeah. All in one day. All in one day. <laughs> like the same day. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> dramatic and traumatic. And traumatic, yes. It's pretty dramatic. Exactly. I'm trying to think of another. I'm trying to think of there was another show. I can't even know. I want to say there was a cartoon. A cartoon that we both. Well, I love Looney Tunes. Maybe that was it then because I love Looney, I love Tunes. Looney Tunes. Yeah, we used to love yeah, get I down love, with some yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah, now that's, 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 that was my show. Yeah. I, I mean, you watch Tom and Jerry, or no? Tom, Jerry, Tom, Tom and Jerry was my dad's. Yeah, he yeah. watched Tom and Jerry. And, so yeah. I didn't really, but Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Oh yeah, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Bugs oh, Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Bugs Bunny and Daffy. Yeah, not Don. I didn't care too much for Don. That's Disney, but I like Daffy. Yeah, and the pig and. See, oh yeah, I'll say, 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 that yeah, I always watch Looney Tunes, and even when it come up, like I just remember how the beginning, how the music mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah! But there was some you watched that I would, I could just, I would, could not stand. I would not bond over. Like Recess. Ar- <laughs> Arthur. Arthur. I'm like really? Arthur was great. Really You're tripping. Arthur. You're tripping. Arthur is Animaniacs. I'm like, you know, I, let's just, let's watch Bugs Bunny. Let's not watch. Let's not watch the crazy kids of the, of, of them. Let's just let's just watch the originals. Animaniacs. Oh my god. Tiny Tunes. Tiny Toon Adventures. Tiny Tunes. Tiny Toon Adventures. Tiny Toon. Yeah. Tiny Toon, Ooh, and that thing. But song. I tell you, the movies that we bonded over. What? Dumbo. The Lady and the Tramp. Bambi. And what was the other one? <clears throat> I don't. No. We, we, we I watched them with Charlotte's Web. No, it wasn't Charlotte's Web. There was another one, Lady in the Trap. That was another one. But anyway, I watched all of them. Watched Hundred One Dalmatians. Little yeah, we Mermaid. watched. We watched. We, those 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 came later. But in the in the beginning, in the beginning, Bambi traumatized me. Bambi traumatized you, but then, yeah, it traumatized you. Yeah, I started then, calling you mother, mother after yeah, that, and you <laughs> you kept you kept that up, and all of your friends called me mother, mother. <laughs> Not mother. Mother! <laughs> it, was, it was, Bambi was traumatizing. Yeah, you cried. I wouldn't want any little child <laughs> to see that. Well, I mean, seeing someone's mother just straight up get shot is... Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I just got <laughs> out of my hair so I could clean up because you would walk around. You would walk around. I, I, would, I, would, I would have on a white t-shirt. And you would walk around in high heel shoes. You'd get the same pair <laughs> of my... Skirt, 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 Rub those heels... Oh, you remember that time Selena and I like played in your makeup and we had your shoes like like you, you took that picture. I took a picture of you. Had on, yes, like we had your purses and I your have, shoes yes. and your makeup yes. on. Yes, yes, yes. I have that picture. Yeah, we but, had fun. But what you always did was walk behind me under my t-shirt, <laughs> and I couldn't get anything done. You would get right up on and you would just be laughing. Just it was just so fun to you. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's. I couldn't walk. Because well, it was funny. So it's like, and okay. so you put Bambi on. So it's like, okay, let's get, let's, let's, let's get, let's get, yeah. And you learned the script. And I did learn script. Yeah, you learned the script. Because that's what I do. I like something and I watch it over and yeah, over yeah. and over again. Yeah, and I made you, yeah. It was like, okay, movie time, Dumbo, <laughs> Dumbo. It's like, 
pretend you don't see her. You don't remember that part of it. No, I do remember. I mean, I would never watch Dumbo to this day, but... Uh, Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) but... You know, yeah. Well, I would well, because those, of the crows and that sort of thing. Or just well, yeah, the, it's pretty offensive. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> but as a four-year-old, as a four-year-old, you I, I didn't want as a three-year-old, four-year-old. Yeah, I didn't want to watch. But it's watch pretty. It for, it's for the entertainment. It's pretty offensive. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it today. But yeah, but I wouldn't even watch Bambi because it's still just. Yeah. It's too hard. It is. It is, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you know, I tried to put that on for <clears throat> for the students at the school, and they they were like. <laughs> They were looking around. I'm, I'm telling like, you. I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, here we go with this. So I'm like, okay, let's watch something else. Okay, let's they're watch like, something Yay! Because they were like, you know, when the when everybody started running around. Yes. And they were like, mother. But they was like, I'm like, okay, let's, let's, I don't want to traumatize them, so let me just Yes, you know what? You See, look at you. You're over here trying to traumatize a whole classroom full of kids. I just thought it was, okay. You're <laughs> about to traumatize a whole classroom full You're right. of kids. Okay, you're right. Like, that movie, like, I will never watch that movie again. So one of the uh, like most fun memories I have is that how every Christmas mm-hmm. you would go and get Selena, and mm-hmm. Selena would spend a week with us over Christmas. She's, yeah, she's been like the whole the whole Christmas holidays. And yeah. I always laugh about how you found you had to find ways to hide Christmas gifts or like find some kind of way to deal with Christmas deal because Christmas. I was just you never. You were just like the Christmas, you were like the Christmas nightmare child. <laughs> the Christmas nightmare child. You were never satisfied. I was not that you, bad. Oh, you were worse. I was not that bad. You were bad. never pleased with anything I did. If you had a hundred toys wrapped up up under the tree, you were not satisfied because you did not know what they were. And you couldn't take it. If it I was op- the anticipation. Well, then I, then I stopped the anticipation. I opened everything up and just had it right up under the tree. You woke up Christmas morning and there everything was. Then you were like, well, I don't have anything to open. Then we open up. Then we open. Then I try it. Okay, we're going to open up something every day. And then, then, then we got to Christmas like, well, where are the rest of them? <laughs> I'm like, are you, are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It was like it was like I just cannot win with Christmas <laughs> until you got a little older and you were able. But then then you would go up to them and fill on and try to figure out what they were. Just anticipation, just killing you. I could not you figure could, out that CD player. I, I, that was too fun. that was too funny. And when I wrapped, I'm like, now how in the world am I going to wrap this? Selena and I sat there for a long time trying to figure that out. We could not figure it out. And then I opened it up and it was a CD player. <laughs> Yeah, with Donna Summer too, huh? Donna Summer, <laughs> Donna Summer was in the um, stocking. In the stocking. stocking. And immature, well, no, that was later because that year I got immature. I got the immature CD. I felt like I, okay. You got me the immature CD. And what CD. about, what's the, what's, what, are the girl, what were the three girls? TLC. TLC. <laughs> TLC, yeah. You got me the crazy, sexy, cool. And then I, did, I get, did I get you, oh, Spice Girls. Oh, my God, you drove me crazy. Spice Girls. Oh, my God. Mm. I love the Spice Girls. I know you love the Spice Girls. I know. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. They're not that bad. No, they, no, they were worse. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. What can I say? My music was different. So what can I say? Now I like TLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like TLC. Yeah, and immature. You I took like us some, to the immature. I concert. did. I took you to the. How in the world did I sit through all these screaming teenage girls? Were you all teenagers? No, no. you were like nine, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. How in the world did I sit through all these screaming girls? I have no idea. But they were cute. You did. I they did. were cute. They were cute. It was a cute look. It was a cute concert. They were cute. I haven't seen him since he since he grew up. I mean, since he's gotten older. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Mom. So what's the most annoying thing <laughs> that I used to do to you as a kid? Okay. Do you want the nice version or you want the... the you? Give us the truth. <laughs> Fuck you with me when I sleep. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> Fucking with me when I sleep. Shit. <laughs> and I sleep on my back. That makes it really bad. Yeah, you're easy. You were an oh, easy target. Yes, 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 yes. You would come and put feathers in my ear and have me hit myself in the ear, not knowing what the hell was going on. I remember slapping myself in, I remember slapping myself in the face like five or six times back to back. I remember that. I remember that too. Oh, yes. that was funny. Oh, yeah, I know it was funny. I know it was funny. I know it was funny. <laughs> or you'd come and you'd pull my eyelashes and open my eyes. <clears throat> Mother, are you awake? Hell no. Or you put your eyelashes on my eyelashes. Let's do some eyelash kisses. I'm like, what the hell is that? Go away. Go away. Or you come and you poke in my side knowing that I was ticklish. Yeah. You do that. I did do that. Or you take your little nails and pinch my booty. Pinch any part of me. Pinch. And, and it would hurt. Like, it feel like two needles. Going in my skin. Or. How many of these are you going to list? <laughs> or you would just jump on top of the bed. These long, lean legs. And just jump on the bed like it was a trampoline. I'm like, what in the world did I have? <laughs> That's all that I can think of right now. That you can think of right now. That I want to say. <laughs> You don't, like, I you don't want me to keep going. <laughs> so I was like, I did, I did like to mess with you when you were yes, asleep. You still like to. I mess was like, with I don't know me. why. No, it's just, it's just. Like whenever I'm around, it's just you're you're, you're funny. Almost, you're almost thirty. You're I think it's like something in the family because Bobby likes to play. You know, we we like to joke with but one another. We, we like to joke with one another. Okay, but joking is one thing. Well, you know, hey, but I still love you. Of course, you still my poochie boo. Aww. <laughs> Well, thank you, Mom. You're welcome. You're welcome. This has been fun. You're welcome. Kiss, kiss. Happy Mother's Day. Mm, thank you. You know thank you, you enjoy all of my crazy Yes, my crazy you're, my, you're, the, you're the best Mother's Day present of woman. I'm a good cat. Aw. Aren't you so sweet? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, too. Love all right. You. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you, Linda Gale. Bye-bye. Our next interview features Joy and her mom. So, Mom, happy Mother's Day. Thank you, baby girl. Okay, so for BGN, we're doing a series on Mother's Day posts to get, so you guys can get to know our moms better and to let our audience know where do we get some of our awesomeness uh, from. So this is my mama. This is Joy. This is my mom, Via. Um, and Hi. here we go. We're going to ask some questions. So, okay. What is one characteristic that I have today that's definitely your influence? Wow. Um, you, I would say that you got most of all your greatness for me. I mean, you your father. Had, 
<laughs> it's so many. Um, just the, the fact that you are resilient. Um, when you hit hard times, you don't let it break you. You allow that to build you and somehow it propels you to another level of greatness. Um, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Thanks, Ma. So what do you remember our relationship being like when while I was growing up? Wow, it's really interesting. I, I, I really believe and I take pride in that we had a great relationship from your fundamental stage, your development stage. Um, we had fun. I mean, I always played the role of your mother. You've always been... Um, my daughter, we have evolved into being best friends, which I really cherish. Um, it's, it's, I, I'm really proud of the relationship that we have. I'm proud of our relationship, too. Um, I think we uh, are honest with each other. I think um, you will always be my mom, and I will always have that uh, maternal respect for you. Um, but I do think that we can have honest and candid conversations and there have been many times where you've essentially kind of called me on my crap and I've done the same to you and it's something that I yeah. cherish and appreciate because that is not something that I don't think that it's 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 something that's normal like I think that that's a very genuinely unique relationship that we have I vowed that I wanted to have a great relationship with um, all of my children. And the fact that it's, it's not, it's very unscripted, um, it's very untraditional, it's very honorable at the same um, regard. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing that we have, the relationship that we have. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so what is the first book or TV show or movie that we bonded over? Okay, as far as, I'm thinking more TV show um, that we bonded over. Um, I never, because you had this type of, um, I don't wanna say weird taste of, of things that you like, but um, one of the first shows we bonded on was The Office. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. And I used to walk by your room when you supposed to have been in there doing homework and wonder why you were laughing so hard and tears are coming out your eyes. And I really didn't understand this dry humor until I took the opportunity to start watching it on my se myself. Um, <laughs> and then I understood that we have the, the weirdest, same, similar dark twisted sense of humor and a little funny note do you know your, your baby brother well he's baby he's 17 but he watches the office every night before he goes to bed does he i didn't so, know that <laughs> yes he does and he he didn't finish the whole series and he's restarting it again so you have definitely influenced the whole household and getting us into things that we would not not likely drift towards but um it's yeah it's one of my favorite shows and when i um other shows that come up uh atlanta yeah you um, kind of forced the father and i to watch and i can't wait until the next uh season comes up um but you've been a great influence 
and you know things that we watch, things we, we may be interested in. Um, you you definitely even the music as well. Yeah, no, Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Atlanta is such a good show. Um, and I remember because we we started watching it. Well, I started watching it before you guys, and I watched the whole season before I came home for the holidays. And I remember you were doing my hair, and Dad was sitting in the living room. We were just watching TV, and I was like, "Hey, you want to watch this show?" And we started watching episodes, and y'all thought it was so hilarious. Yeah. So I'm yeah, glad, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. No, it's a it's a great show. It's not coming back on for a, a minute because Donald Glover is. And, and the cast of Atlanta is booked on these various different movies. So it's going to be a minute till season two wow. comes out. It's going to be like a, another year. Like, I don't think it's coming out until uh, 2018. Well, that is really disappointing because I really got hooked on the show. It's a, it's such a short and sweet show. Like, because it's, it's an X amount of episodes. I think it's, what, 10? But it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait but till it, season two. But it left a huge impact. I mean, it was a short, sweet, funny, I mean, clever genius writing weird um, I really weird did. like bits that's the thing i <laughs> what i love about it is that it's very fantastical like there's certain elements to it that is very alice in wonderlandy like it's super <laughs> trippy like super odd but it but it fits within like that that whole world that's why i love it so much like random but really stuff. really i understood and kept up this is the weird thing about it <laughs> right yeah no but it's they just do weird things that you're just like this makes no sense in the scheme of the episode like the one of the club with, <laughs> with the invisible car like that made no yeah. sense but it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so funny um and it's even more funny because you know like wonder woman she's in like the invisible jet he had the same exact thing why is the jet yeah. invisible but she's not invisible in the jet <laughs> the same thing with marcus miles like why is the car invisible br- b- but bruh you're not invisible in the car so you just look crazy <laughs> oh man okay now, getting back away from the lightheartedness, last and final question. Um, please do not get emotional. That's kind of weird. Um, oh, God. What yeah. are you the most proud of me for? Wow. Um, you're so focused. I mean, you were, and I hate using the word weird because when I use the word as weird, it's meaning that not normal, um, not common. You are always um, an overachiever. Um, you you planned your life out. You, you had a goal set before you. You were focused. And I would say almost every goal that you spoke out you know, came to fruition. Um, you were so easy to love and you were such a, you were so responsible and you were such a role model, you being the oldest kid. Um, and you've been a total blessing to your father and I. Kind of, we, we give you the title as, as being the third parent because, you know, not because it was a lot of responsibility on your hand, but um, you just st- you just stepped up to the plate and was like, okay, I'm here, you know, as far as what can I do? Um, 
and of course the obvious thing, I guess people, if they don't know about you, you, um, graduating valedictorian of your high school and receiving a full academic scholarship to an Ivy League college and graduating four years later debt-free and having the most amazing career. You know, of course, all of that stuff is obvious, but just the, the smart decisions that you make as being a woman and the you being an adult and responsible and how your life is so much in order, like you're a planner and you're a saver and, and, and you, you travel and visit other countries in the world. And, and I'm looking at you and living through your life vicariously. Um, if I had an opportunity, I love my life and what I'm doing now, but if I had a chance to redo it, it would kind of model how you're living life. I'm super proud of you. And I guess I didn't broke my promise trying not to get emotional. Um, I'm going to say what I'm proud of you for. Um, okay, I don't want to get emotional, but um, I would not want you to live the life that I live now because you being a young mom and sacrificing for me and my sister and brother to have the best life, putting your life and your career on hold for us. Um, you had two kids when you were my age and I'm 25 and that's not an easy responsibility. It's, it's super damn hard and you, you did it with grace and with mistakes and, uh, uh, with just absolute gusto. And I, there's, there is nothing bad I can say about how I was raised growing up. And I loved my childhood. I love my parents. I love you. And to see you now in the later stage of your life, two out of three kids are out the house. One, the last one is about to leave. And, uh, you are a restaurant owner and you're a successful restaurant owner and you're in magazines. Um, and you guys are on TV doing spots and you guys are trying to find in the, the next level of what the restaurant can do. I, there's even my life and my career trajectory is so different from you, but I still want to be you when I grow up, even though I'm already grown up. Uh, I wish I had the tenacity and strength that you have doing anything that you do, whether it be being a stay at home mom or being a restaurant owner. And I couldn't have asked for a better person to emulate my life, even though I'm doing something different with my career. Uh, uh, you are the best mom to me in the world. No challenge. And I love you. Okay. I love you too. <laughs> Okay. Um, thank you, Mom. <laughs> yeah, this was this was healthy and fun, Joy. <laughs> well, I was lighthearted and a good old time, but uh, this is Joy. Honest and and beautiful. Um, even though you're doing an interview, and I mean, we're always honest with each other, but sometimes 
you know, just the nice things we need to hear often, you know, in, in the world that we live, the society we live, people like to point out your flaws and you're always second guessing yourself. And um, sometimes in your quiet time, your dark moments, you're like, okay, what am I doing right? It's really good to hear that, you know, I'm doing something right because above anything else, any accomplishments in my life, um, one of my best accomplishments is being a mother. I am proud about that. Um, I am proud of you. I think you are a great mom and I just, I love you. I love you unconditionally. I know you do, baby. And I, I, I love you too. All right, this is Joy, my mom via crying on Skype, (laughs) signing off. Our next segment features Tora. She actually shares the story of her relationship with her mother. Hi everyone, I'm Tora Shea. Happy Mother's Day. So for Mother's Day, for many people, Mother's Day is a very, very happy time where we celebrate the people who brought us into this world, the people who raised us. Um, For others of us, it can be a sad time where we are faced with, you know, the realities of not having a mother or a mother figure. Um, So I thought that I would share my story. Um, If you follow my podcasts, some of my other podcasts, if you follow my Twitter, you know that I was um, given up for adoption by my biological mother and taken in by my great aunt um, and raised by her. And so when I talk about my mother, that's who I'm referring to, my great aunt. Um, now my relationship with my great aunt is estranged. Um, I am openly queer by pan. I'm also bipolar. So due to decisions that I've made due to actions between the both of us, our relationship is estranged. We haven't spoken in almost a year. So Suffice to say, I do not have a mother figure in my life anymore. So this Mother's Day especially was hard. Mother's Day has always been hard considering the fact that I don't have a connection with my biological mother, but I always, you know, celebrated my aunt as my mom. But this Mother's Day is hard. So when... We decided to do this Mother's Day episode. We decided we were all going to reach out to our moms and interview them. And I decided, you know, let this be an olive leaf or an olive branch, whatever the saying is. I texted her because I was not bold enough to call her. I sent her some links about the show, letting her know how large scale it was, I guess, because the 10-year-old child in me still wants her to be proud of me. 
and then I let her know what the show was about. Like we were celebrating mothers and I would love for her to do it. And I didn't get a response, but I did it while I was in the room with my sister. And my sister called my mom and she, I heard her tell my sister that she wasn't even going to open the text. And that was crushing for me. So I dealt with that for a couple moments. And then I got, I got myself together and I listened a little bit harder and I heard her expressing to my sister that she was scared that if she came on the podcast that I would try to make her out to be the bad guy, that I would be, that I would attack her for her views. And so I sent her some of the questions that I would ask and I texted her and told her that it was supposed to be a celebration. And I didn't hear from her for a good 24 hours. And that was a very hard waiting period. And finally, I got a response. I will read to you what she sent. She said, hi. Under the circumstances... And knowing that there would be a problem in answering some of the questions honestly, I will be unable to participate in the podcast. I am sure that you would be much more comfortable talking about me. In answer to one of the questions, I would have told the story of your coming home very excited about that test where you got 96 points. And I seriously asked you, where are the other four points? I think about and laugh about that story sometimes. And she's right. Um, I do think about that story whenever I try to tell people um, what it was like growing up in a household where I was expected to excel. That is the story that I go back to. Um, And it is a hilarious story. Um, After that week, I came back with a test with a hundred points and she checked it looked at the bottom and said why didn't you answer the extra credit question (laughs) and so I'm going to take her advice I'm going to answer some of the questions about her so What is one habit that you think rubbed off on you from your mother? So my mother loved books and she loved information. And whenever we would ask her a question, she would always tell us to go look it up. And I still have that in me whenever I'm unsure of something before talking to any like I have to be sure of information before I post it before tweeting about it before anything I have to make sure that I've done my research like I'm and when she told us to look it up like this was before 
like we had a computer, but she wasn't, she wasn't about to get off the phone <laughs> to allow us to use it. <laughs> um, so we had to use the, the encyclopedias that she kept. So, <laughs> um, I'm very adamant in, in, in researching things and I, and I love research now because of that. So that, that did rub off on me. I remember my relationship with my mother growing up being amazing. I remember us people tell me that she carried me all the time. Like she literally didn't put me down. I remember her singing to me all the time and us reading together. Um, I just knew that when I got to school, I was a nerd and <laughs> singled out for it. And when I came home to express that to her, it was like, well, I raised you to be this. And I raised you to not care what people think. So get out there and appreciate who you are. <laughs> so I, I don't know. There was a disconnect. I kind of, I kind of became introverted and she, she didn't know how to deal with me closing myself off to her and me not telling her everything that was going on in my life anymore so it it became a struggle um what's the best advice my mother ever gave you um the best advice my mom ever gave me was I think hmm. you play with a dog and he'll lick you in the mouth or you lie down with dogs and you get up with fleas. And okay, these are like old, like Southern lady, like <laughs> adages, I guess. But I, I think she would always say these things to me about the company you keep. Um, she would warn me basically, um, be careful because you, you may think that these people that you're associating with that none of none of the qualities will rub off on you but you'll find that you will start acting like them or you'll find that this person that you you think that their behavior is harmless towards you that they only act like that towards other people but they'll do it to you too that that's the you play with the dog and he'll look you in the mouth Um, an experience from your childhood with your mom that always makes you laugh. That's the, the one that she told. Um, I guess one that always makes me laugh is so as a child, I had a very good memory. Um, no, I don't think I'll tell that one. My mother this is embarrassing. So 
I was obsessed with Barney as a child. And when we were at a church picnic one day, like I, I was decked out in Barney. I had on a Barney t-shirt, Barney like <laughs> ribbons in my hair. I had on like this jean skirt and there was a pastor there. The youth pastor there walked up to me and said, oh my gosh, you got your cute little Barney shirt on and you got your Barney um <laughs> plush animal and my mother being the church lady she was was like was very proud and I look up at the pastor and go I have on Barney underwear too and I go to (laughs) show him because I'm blissful like obviously unaware (laughs) and my mother scoops me up mortified and runs away (laughs) and he's still he still told that story like like you know how old people think things are hilarious like if I saw him he would still tell that story um but she's still mortified by it what's the nerdiest thing my mother ever did um when we were younger she turned our basement into a library like a legit library um and I don't think I realized that other people didn't have a library in their basement until we had to move and we had to like give books away. And I cried like because we couldn't move all of the books with us. <laughs> um, so the first book that my mother and I bonded over was The Gingerbread Man. And the first TV show that we ever bonded over was, um, maybe Gunsmoke because she's very old and she only watched like TV land. (laughs) It was either Gunsmoke or I Love Lucy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, she used to read The Gingerbread Man to me every night and the pages fell out but she taped them back in and still read it to me and I I don't like being read to particularly and because I always read faster than the person who's reading to me but it was very cathartic and I, I liked the sound of her voice reading it to me so um I think that is We also bonded over our shared um, odd sense of humor. Um, I remember the first time I ever realized I was funny. The first time I ever really made my mother laugh. I think I was about nine years old. She had a friend who... um, She had a lot of ailments, but I was only nine. And she would call my mom all the time and... She called one day and asked how she, I asked how she was doing and I'm only nine years old and this is a grown 60 something woman. And I was just inquiring, oh, how are you doing in the rhetorical kind of way? And she told me, she told me everything that was going on. (laughs) And when my mom got home, um, I think she was outside talking to my uncle. Um, She came in and she asked if she'd gotten any calls. And I was like, oh, your friend called. And I asked how she was doing. 
and I didn't know whether to hang up and call 911 or to come get you. <laughs> and my mother laughed for a good 20 minutes and she told that joke over and over again to anyone who would listen. And that was when I realized we had the same dark sense of humor. And I realized that I might actually kind of be funny. <laughs> but we bonded over that. Um, so what am I most proud of my mother for? So though my mom is not as far as I would like her to be when it comes to understanding mental health and understanding sexuality, she's come a long way and I'm proud of her for that because I don't think that the woman that I knew as a child would be as understanding of who I am as she's trying to be because I know she's trying and I know that it's hard and I know that one day we will get there I know one day she'll get there and right now it feels empty and I feel like I don't have a mom and I know she feels like she doesn't have a daughter but I'm proud of her for trying I really am and I love her and if she does listen to this I'm still your pumpkin Our next interview features KB and her mom. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this very special episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. I am KB, and I have a really special guest. Um, It is my mother. And so, Mom, happy early Mother's Day. Welcome to the BGN podcast. And for those who don't know, we're kind of doing a series on Mother's Day. Um, We're doing a few Mother's Day posts to get to know our moms better and let you guys, our audience, know where we get our awesome personalities from. So thanks, Mom, for doing this. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Mom, you sound so professional. Okay, so what is one characteristic that I have today that definitely is your influence? Um, Personality. Okay. You have the type of flexible personality that you can be in the room with the president. Well, (laughs) uh, that type of leadership, that level of leadership, or you can be, um, you know, in, in a common neighborhood or amongst any type or race of people. So you have that flexibility, personality, the Great sense of humor, I think you got from me, <laughs> and uh, the appreciation for respecting other people. Yes, for sure. We have similar, I think, levels of humor. Um, maybe some people understand, maybe they don't, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you remember our relationship being like while I was growing up? Um, 
I think that I was the uh, almost perfect mother <laughs> for you because I considered your needs ahead of mine. Mm. I made sure that you understood. I did not use that as a tool to drive you to be the type of person you are, but I did make it a, make you aware that um, I was putting your needs first in order to get you the tools and everything you needed to make sure that you could make informed decisions and be successful. Well, that that is true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, and also, I do remember us, you know, spending a lot of time together. Yes, we did. When you saw one, you pretty much saw the other. And that's because at, at one point you were an only child and I was your mom. So <laughs> that for I was your purposes. only child, mom, your only child. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, it was the two of us, two peas in a pod doing lots of things together. Correct. So what do you feel is the best advice that you gave me while growing up? Regardless of whether or not I actually listened, what do you feel like the best advice has been so far? Yeah, actually, I don't think you listened. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yes, um, the advice that I gave you, I believe that um, kind of got the traction and got your attention and kind of sunk in was to be mindful of where you come from. Don't forget where you came from and don't forget the people who have always been there and been supportive for you and not to worry about those who missed out on the awesome opportunity to be a part of your life. Those who weren't there, we don't worry about them. We don't say anything negative because it's their loss. They missed out. So, hmm, what's one story that sticks out from my childhood that always makes you laugh? Um, again, with you being um, the persistent person that you are and because you love food, I had taken some biscuits out of the oven. They were sitting in the pan on top of the stove uh, on the burner, and you couldn't wait for me to take one out of the pan or for it to cool down before you ate it. So you tippy-toed up and almost thinking that you could clear the, the pan and get a biscuit, your lip was burned because you, it got stuck on the pan and you burned it. So I had to put something on it to make sure your lip would not be blistered and thus be, you know, huge for a period of time. So you obviously, obviously that has always sunk out. I've told that story on, on several occasions and it's still clear now. You still like to eat and you still like your food when you want it. It's like, okay, I'm ready to eat now. Okay. So that's not negotiable. And I so still, that's still how you are now. I still like it really hot. <laughs> so Jeez, maybe that do. did something for me. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> now, what music did you listen to while I was growing up in hopes that it would rub off on me? And I remember specifically a lot of Phyllis Hyman, but aside from her, what else did you play that you hope to pass along? Um, definitely some of the old school music and, and some of the um, artists who pretty much um, made, set the foundation for music history as we know it now. And I would think those groups, one of those groups would be The Temptations, um, The Delphonics. Um, it would be um, George Benson. um McCoy Tyner uh, would also be uh, 
kind of like Alex Bouillon. I remember that I, I took you as a, a child to some of the concerts in the park <laughs> so that you could get a well-rounded uh, listen to some of the variety of the Motown era as well as any of the other Soul Train area of era for some of those who don't know what Soul Train is, but I'm sure they know what Motown <laughs> is. People know what Soul Train is, Mom. <laughs> But I will say that some of it rubbed off on me. The R&B for sure, Teddy Pendergrass. Some of it did not. Some of these jazz artists, I feel like I've never heard of them before, but you claim that I have, so sure. But I do remember that we did go to a lot of concerts, not even just the ones in the park. We went to a lot of concerts, and I didn't realize that not a lot of people go to concerts until maybe now. Everyone was like, no, I don't go to concerts. And I was like, what? I've been to so many concerts with my parents. Like, we went to lots of shows all the time. Um, and it's still something that I love to do. So now, what's the first book or TV show or movie that you feel like we bonded over? Well, I'm not sure that we really bonded over it because I was somewhat forced to sit there and look at it because you made the choice that you want to look at it and that would have been the little mermaid a thousand times yes i think we bonded over al because i like al i still because, like al and mm-hmm. i wish they'd bring it back i don't know how successful it'd be or what he would even look like in this, <laughs> this day and time because you but liked al. al i thought he was weird and I did not like how you liked him. You loved him. So I think that we both may have forced each other into things that we did not like necessarily. But The Little Mermaid is a classic. It was fabulous. You get to know all the words, sing all the songs. It's so lovely. I can't believe you don't like it. I mean, I did like it. And I can say that's all in the day's work of what a mother does for her child to be supportive. You sit there and watch The Little Mermaid 1,000 times. And The Wizard of Oz with marshmallows, even though The Wizard of Oz is a mediocre like movie for me in general. I mean, it's not terrible, but I am not entirely sure why I was so obsessed with it because The Wiz I liked way more. But um, I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, all a part of a mother's journey. So as I continue to grow, you know, obviously I'm an adult, but what is your biggest hope for me as I continue my journey? Uh, continue to have an open mind about life, yet be cautious about the things that you know you should be. Um, remember to treat people with respect and dignity as you would expect to be retreat- be treated and reciprocated. And don't forget other people. Don't forget those who are there that are still supportive of you. And always learn to uh, be respectful of others regardless. Respect and dignity are a couple of things that go hand in hand and you can use it in any any particular area of your life, whether it's a relationship on a level, you know, uh, with a uh, relationship or a business relationship, working relationship, it's still respect and dignity. Well, that is true. And I feel like you're still that way in your own personal life until someone crosses you. <laughs> Wouldn't that be most of us? (laughs) (laughs) So what are you most proud of me for? Everything. I really always, when people um, say anything uh, about what is KB doing, 
and what is what else is going on, I, I kind of light up because, I mean, everything that you've done I'm most proud of. You, you follow through on your education. I still think you can add a little more to that, but no. that's a personal decision. <laughs> <laughs> that's a personal decision. But, uh, I mean, it's the fact that you have had a, a, an amazing journey as a young lady. You've remained intact, respectful, you, yet you have fun. Uh, you do all the things that, you know, the people in your generation do, but you still have fun and you still have maintained dignity and respect, and that's what you uh, command from others. And you're just an outgoing person that uh, is easy, easily likable, and somehow people gravitate to you. So I, I really, um, I mean, that, I mean, it's just, it's just too much to try to sum up, but you have absolutely uh, made me proud because everything that you've accomplished, even when you graduated from high school at 16 and had your degrees by 21 or whatever age you were, no, 21, 22, that was an amazing accomplishment just to do that and stay focused and get that done. So, I mean, that's amazing within itself because there are very few people in my family who uh, managed to even uh, get to the master's degree level, much less the bachelor's degree. So it's a, quite an achievement. Well, thanks, Mom. And Mom, I'm actually most proud of you for continuing to be the best mom. You've always worked hard. You have always made sure that uh, myself and that my sister had everything that we needed plus more. You've always been... Uh, there to talk to us about about anything that was going on in our lives. You have always remained very strong, very approachable, very loving, very supportive. Um, you know, even when we start and stop things a million times or start things and stop them immediately, like me with the violin um, and <laughs> all the other instruments and things that, I mean, you let us really experiment and see what we wanted to do. Even if we decided immediately it wasn't for us, I will literally never forget your face. You bought that violin. I went to that first lesson. I walked out of that lesson. I said, nope, this is not for me. And you said, what? <laughs> you yeah, said, I just spent all this money on this violin. And I said, one lesson. I didn't even give it the full lesson. I mean, the first lesson, they basically just let you hold the violin. And I was like, no, I didn't do anything, but I knew it was not for me. And then when you uh, forced me to play the clarinet because you did, and I was like, nope, after a year of this, I'm done. And just, wow, yes, ma'am. Oh, guys, I forgot about that. Yes, uh -huh. you let us kind of explore and choose what really was the right fit for us. And so I learned very early on in life that I never had to settle for anything that wasn't right for me. And Absolutely. I can attribute that to you. So I'm most proud of you for that. So thank you. And so lastly, what advice did your mom give you that you would like to share? Um, to always be the person that you are, be a leader and not a follower. Because once you compromise and start following people, you somewhat are responsible for being in the right place at the wrong time, or you're easily grouped in by the actions of others to remain dignified and respectful and to be respectful of other people, of their feelings, and be considerate. And never forget where you come from. Stay humble. Well, great, Grandma. She's also so very wise. Thank you for doing the interview, Mom. I love you. 
And um, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Of course. That's what a mother does for her child. A good mother. <laughs> she takes the time. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> well, um, love you and talk to you soon. Okay. I love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Our final interview is with Joelle and her mom. Hi, Black Girl Nerds. This is Joelle Monique. I'm going to go with that one. And um, today is, is different because I have my mom with us today, and I'm super excited to talk about Mother's Day stuff. How you doing, Mom? I'm doing great, baby. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I was talking to you the other day about uh, the word nerd because when I first started using it, you, you didn't like it too much, right? No, but no, I didn't. <laughs> Why didn't why what was your uh disassociation with the word nerd? Well, when I was younger, nerd was a negative connotation. Mm. And so I didn't want to place anything on my children that had their entire future in front of them as something that would be negative. Mm-hmm. So I just I didn't want to do that to you guys. But what what about when I started claiming the word for myself? Did that, like, especially, I guess, when I became a part of the Black Girl Nerds, did that at all change your feeling, knowing that there was a community and it was kind of empowering? Along the way, from the time you were born to the time that you got with Black Girl Nerds, mm-hmm. the, the actual word itself took on a different connotation. So <laughs> it it started as something negative, but more and more people started calling themselves nerds and it, it was it didn't have the same negative vibe that it had when you were growing up as it does today. Today is more of a positive, not necessarily I'm I'm a nerd and I'm weird. It's I'm a nerd because I studied this particular thing to the nth degree. Okay. All right. So com- completely different way to look at things. Well that's totally fair. I guess I never saw it as as uh I guess I no one had ever used the word against me in a in a slanderous term, so it never really occurred to me to uh to feel that way, but it was always interesting to me that you that that was how you felt. But um <laughs> but yeah, I, I love the term now. I, I love wearing it and using it. Do you do you think you're nerdy about anything? Mm-hmm. Movies. <laughs> I I I do and and honestly, not as nerdy as your dad about the movies but but very much into it I I mean to the point where most of our conversations include some movie quote or you know some some um, throwback to some movie that we saw that you guys do in the term you guys do break out in uh celebrity or um with with the like the, te- the theme music of television shows like old <laughs> I don't want to say old because that's mean but like television shows I've never watched before and you guys are like I can't believe you don't get this reference and I never do and I never do that's okay we can do it with cartoons as well so <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask you so I think you're kind of nerdy with like musical movies. Yeah. So you're referring to my love of anything um, like Anna and the King, uh, the King and I. 
Yes. You know, earlier versions were Anna and the King of Siam, and now it's the King and I. Um, seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yes. yes. I, I was going to tell you that that is one of my earliest memories is watching that movie with you in the the third house we lived in. Okay. I remember just being in your bedroom and you're like, we have to watch this movie. And I was like, oh, mom, I don't know. It's going to be corny. And it is, and it corny. is corny. <laughs> <laughs> it is super corny. But it's, uh, it, it's also kind of sweet and fun and, I don't know, like performing these musicals with you in your bedroom and and trying to keep up with the dance moves, which is wonderful. Because I mean, we have rhythm, but I think we're like the greatest dancers. And it, 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 I think it's kind of what pushed me to go into theater in the first place. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I love theater. I love acting. I don't know if you know this even, but when I was little, I did a lot of acting to the point what? where, yeah, ballet classes and tab dancing classes. And you want to talk about nerdy, but we did, <laughs> we did Tiny Tim's Tiptoe Through the Tulips. And guess who got to sing it solo? Oh, boy. Now, I've seen <laughs> the photos from that. Yes, we were just as tulips. <laughs> yeah, it was all the cousins and it's super cute. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I remember that our first musical to get our live musical had to be the Lion King, right? It was. Because we, we did like some on ice things when I was younger. Beauty and the Beast on ice, I remember. Well, if if you're talking about live, but I mean, even, even before that, it was, um, the Wizard of Oz and singing all the songs and, you know, your uncle had to play the part of the scarecrow all the time <laughs> yeah and then it was um and carousel in oklahoma where all all the ones that you know when they came on tv it was like oh ooh, ooh. and you know you'd go and watch them and mm-hmm. i'd go do that you know judy when when we were little judy would come to me it's coming on it's coming on and we'd have to sit and watch the wizard of oz and carousel and we just we had a lot of fun doing that do you but think for it's you, the, the the family memories that make them special, or, or what kind of drives you to loving musicals, or is it is it something within the musicals? Oh, I think it's the musical bringing the family together and being able to tell stories. Mm. So the the story was really good. So, um. For example, The King and I, there's such good background on The King and I, Natalie Wood, and um, just being able to watch her. God, is it Natalie Wood? Oh, let me think. Hold on one second. (laughs) It's not Natalie. Oh, God, but it led to Natalie Wood. It was Natalie Wood was West Side Story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so there were stories behind that and how that evolved and, you know, just the inner workings of everything. So I just think I really, really love a really good story mm-hmm. and the fact that it can set it to music and the words were easy to remember and being able to sing along with it, that the range wasn't so high because, you, you know, mom can't sing, but I would <laughs> sing anyway. <laughs> it's fun to sing. Singing is not about being in key. No, not at all. Cause not. I'm proof of that, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you can't stop me from doing it. <laughs> Never. And he would watch uh, it. Let's see. So it it was all of that, but then it was that all of that, Joel, evolved from what we were doing then to even like the Michael Jackson videos. And even to the point where when you did um um Romeo and Juliet, you incorporated the Michael Jackson video into You said the- me like I put that production on, but yes, I was in a production <laughs> of Romeo and Juliet set in the eighties where at the ball where Romeo and Juliet meet, we break out into thriller for reasons I'm still not quite sure happened, <laughs> but it was fun to do it. Well, was it was it was it thriller or was it? Um, it was definitely thriller. Or was it bad? No, it was definitely thriller. Okay, so see, you see how things happen in your in your brain where? So I thought Michael Jackson, I thought gang fight. You know, between the two sides. And of course, I thought of that. Not. I feel you. Yeah. So, no, I, I didn't even put that together. Silly me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just so much fun. It's, it's so free and it's, I, I just really have a good love of no matter what your background is, you can come in and do this acting, this singing, this dancing. And it's, all about a project and a team and and everybody coming together so you can paint but i can dance Mm. but yet together we put on something fabulous that's awesome i i mean i guess that's kind of what i got out of it was like this team building kind of team spirit thing and you know as a kid i wasn't super into other people i'm still not really um shy like i just wanted to do my own thing kid but doing musicals and, and theater and becoming nerdy in that way uh it kind of pushed me to have more well you know all my friends in high school were musical nerds um because mm-hmm. that's that's where i found my people but, but now you've got, it's huh? you've got great friends you've got such great friends i am not at all sad that i ended up with the musical nerd kids they are the best <laughs> they are wonderful no no doubts but i don't think that i would have but that was, I think that was like probably the only place I could have found them because I like musical theater kind of puts you in a space to be loud and you kind of have to you have to make a statement you have to make a choice you have to you have to say what's on your mind or you are bad at musical theater <laughs> you'll get drowned out by all the other very large personalities um and so it encouraged me to use my large personality it's always there but I just wouldn't do it in front of other people um so yeah but now it's kind of morphed into well one way like when I meet other kids who are into musical theater since I don't live near uh our hometown anymore it kind of it's like I said like when you know all the words to gosh what was big rent wicked or uh spring awakening you kind of know what kid you were in high school or at least that you weren't part of that clique and now Mm -hmm. even like have you listened to Hamilton at all no, I can't, but oh, I've got mommy. tickets, and I can't oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you. So you haven't listened to the album, but you do have coveted tickets to see the production. Yes, and I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like who's going to be the the more, like, nerd after that than you who got a chance to see it, or me who repeatedly listens to the album? Do I win Biggest I Nerd? Will- I will probably turn into the the nerd that listens to it after I see the play. <laughs> I, I think that there's there's so much out there on it already that it kind of spoiled it a little bit for me. 
that well, it's history. I, How can it be spoiled? I, but the whole production is, mm. is, you know, don't, it's, it's kind of like that movie where don't tell me anything about the movie. You can tell me a genre. You can tell me sci-fi. You can tell me maybe a, you can maybe tell me who the stars are in it, but don't spoil it. I want it to unfold in front of me for myself. I don't want your opinion on it. So okay, I feel that. You just want to be enveloped that. all. We did the same thing with Lion King and Wicked, yeah. I think. Well, no, not Wicked, because I had done all the research on that and stuff. But, uh, yeah, with the Lion King, we were like, D- we know puppets. Shush. <laughs> we're doing, we want to <laughs> be immersed in the full experience of it. Well, even to the, the lesser known play we saw, which was Tarzan. Remember mm. when we went to see we Tarzan did in New York? Go see Tarzan. <laughs> and I, absolutely love that production i have absolutely no idea why it didn't make it across the country but the not knowing anything about it and when we got in there to see it and the use of the trampolines and the Mm. the you know the trampoline was actually meshed so you could see through it and the way they used it and the swinging the vines across it was to me not knowing everybody knows the story of tarzan but not knowing what to expect on how they were going to display it Mm. That was the wow factor. That's what I, that's why I didn't want anybody to tell me any, that's why I didn't want to know about Hamilton, but yet it's everywhere. And it's like, would you please shut up so I can go see it first? <laughs> well, you're going to see it soon. And I'm really excited for you to see it because you can report back and I can be envious forever. <laughs> well, as it gets more and more out there, we'll, we'll be able to go see it later on. Definitely. Uh, I wanted to ask you too about some, some typical nerdy things that I know mm-hmm. that you, like some of them you like, but you're not, like, but some of them I, I'm just not sure. So, okay. I know you love the Animaniacs, which is <laughs> Steven Spielberg's nineties cartoon about the, uh, Wacko Yakko and Dot, the siblings of the Warner Brothers who live in the tower, <laughs> which is great because yep. I work right behind the Warner Brothers tower now. So whenever I see it, I think about the two of us watching uh early versions of uh the Animaniacs. The Animaniacs, I I did a lot of things because mm. it was interesting to you. <laughs> <laughs> they, I rewatched them though, and there's so many adult jokes that I feel like maybe we were watching it more for you. But no. what? <laughs> huh? Really, this is shocking to me. So there there were some things that you got into where for myself not necessarily interested in it but my kid is interested mm. so i need to know what you're watching mm-hmm. and what's captured your interest and it it it's always a way to bond with your children and figure out what what their interests and things are are for them so it's a way to help push them towards what they want to do in life mm-hmm. by finding out what their interests are. And then you kind of cultivate that. Okay. So you, you were way into cartoons, much more into Batman than I ever thought you would be. Oh my God. I was obsessed <laughs> with Batman. If Batman had like a Barbie that he dated, it would have been over. Like oh that would have been everything to me. Batman couldn't date a Barbie. Oh my goodness. He totally could have, and I would have been wicked excited about it as a six year old. Today, not so much. Wow, Batman Batman needed somebody who was gonna take names, you know? You want Batman to be with Selena Kyle, don't you? With Catwoman. I Yeah. <laughs> but 
but you have to you have to understand that for me catwoman was eartha kitten julie newman oh well to be fair when anyone is like who played the best catwoman my first response is always what's well, obviously eartha kit don't uh, yeah. at me like i don't want to talk about it because it's not really a conversation worth having it's eartha <laughs> kit <laughs> she's amazing yes darling <laughs> <laughs> She had the physicality down, but she was still a woman. And like Anne Hathaway, like kudos. I did, I did like her Catwoman, even though I was 100% against it for so long. Because to me, like Selena Kyle was always a Latina, and like with her with the kit, like perhaps she was playing like an Afro Latina. But I, I really like the idea of a Latina Catwoman. It just makes sense to me. It's beautiful. I, really, Selena okay. Kyle, like I didn't put any ethnicity on Catwoman though. Yeah. None. I could care less what ethnicity Catwoman is. <laughs> I just want Catwoman is supposed to be curvaceous mm. and cat like movements mm-hmm. and a velvet voice. Okay. And it doesn't matter what ethnicity that is, as long as she can kick butt and be all of those other things. Okay. I respect it. I love I love very strong women in storylines because, you know, perfect example. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my nerdy place. But perfect example was um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, that whole series. Like all of Indiana Jones or all of that movie? All the Indiana Jones. The original trilogy. The original trilogy. I'm trying to be real specific. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. In the in the first one. Mm. She she challenged Indy on everything. I mean, I can't remember the actress's name, but that female lead challenged Indy on everything. They got into she got into fist fights. She would drink people under the table. Mm. I loved her character. She had a little bit tragic background though. I know, but that's okay because she was tough as nails and could do anything. Mm. Then later on, he got the and I can't remember that actress's name either, but the the blonde one. Mm-hmm. And she spent the entire movie screaming for him to come help her. Is this Temple of Doom where she can't do anything? Yes. She doesn't eat the food and she complains about oh, everything. Yes. Yeah, I hated that woman. But I be- really wanted her to go away. Do you know the story <laughs> behind these? I know the story. I know the that particular one. She was was she married to the director? No. The so Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, who did these movies, were both going through like a terrible divorces. Like when writing this film. And so all of their like anger and frustrations at their wives came out in this character. And it's awful. Like it's it's, (laughs) like no person is this unhelpful to themselves in, in dire situations. Like, like you might call for help. You might not be real good in a bad situation, but to be that detrimental to your own well-being means you die right yes like that woman yes. does not survive to the end of the movie like no she it, it was almost like she she had no wits about her she mm-hmm. couldn't think of her she couldn't think her own way out of a paper bag. she was, really she wasn't a real person she was written by two angry men as vengeance well that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> oh my God. on screen i really just did not like her i totally understand and then how unfair that their anger at the, at the women in their lives becomes a character in which people can point and be like, this is why women can't go on adventures. <laughs> it's frustrating, right? So they they just haven't met any of us women from our family line because they would never <laughs> have done that. So. 
kidding. Gotta put Jane the Flame in, in, in there and she'll just run business and it'll be fine. That's my grandmother for those of you listening. My, my granny is awesome and she will take care of business. And her mother as well. <laughs> True. Grand. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's hilarious. So do you, do we have any other nerdy women in our, in our timeline? Oh my goodness, Joel. You have an aunt that was the dresser for Charlie Chaplin. You what? have, yeah. Um, you have another one that was a costume maker for Veronica Lake. Oh my God. Um, so why am I not a seamstress? What happened? <laughs> well, because when I was making clothes for you, the, the only, it's a dress. I don't want it. <laughs> I was young and naive, and they, there was so much crinoline. It was not a lot of crinoline. I tried to, I cut back on the crinoline. Gosh, you have no idea. It's so fluffy. I did like that golden black one, uh, for Christmas that you made me. The plaid. Oh my god. It was, it was not actually plaid. It was an African kente cloth. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that. Yep, and so I and I trimmed it in black velvet, and I loved, loved, loved that dress. It was beautiful. It was like the most nineties dress I'd ever owned. It was wonderful. <laughs> I'd wear that dress today. <laughs> like the little style updates could totally make it work. Do you remember we took that dress and we changed it into a princess outfit, and I made you a robe, to, uh, a gown, the purple robe. Yes, with the to go gold with it. Inside. Hell yeah, because yes. I like lived in that thing. <laughs> I can't sew it all. I took a, a a home ec class in seventh grade, and I couldn't make a pillow. And I thought, if you can't stitch in straight lines, there's really probably not there's a good a reason trick to do this. To it. There is a trick to it. I have I have my sewing machine. I will show you any time you want. <laughs> I feel like uh I do more of the writing with you. I feel like maybe that's <laughs> more my strong suit. But but you sketch, and if you can if you can sketch and visualize, mm. if you know how to sew, if you know how to put the pieces together, I think it would help you with sketching, because okay. as you're sketching, you're you're visualizing how it would lay and what the pieces would be, and I think one would lead to the other. So if you so if I take you from a, a pattern and then you go back to sketching and then we take you from sketching back to a pattern to putting it together, I think you'd, you'd understand the full circle of the puzzle. Okay. All right. Like, well, I've got what time for one more question, I think. And okay. we've kind of talked about my, my nerd origin story and <laughs> the nerdy things that you passed on to me and some nerdy things I might do in the future if I decide to take <laughs> up sewing. I just, I guess I want to ask you, are you, I don't know, like, are you, are you good with the whole, like, lifer nerd thing? Like, the fact that I just, just <laughs> made my whole life about Batman, essentially. <laughs> but I don't, you know what, I honestly don't think you did. And you've got a really strong personality and very determined, which I'm extremely pleased with. Because no matter what, that will take you any place you want to go. Once you once you set your mind to something, you you're determined that you're going to go down that path. You Come may, hell or high water. <laughs> well, but you but even with that, you may wobble a little bit, you know, trying to get there. So maybe your path is not 
a straight line A to A to B, but maybe it's a little bit A C and then back to B again. Mm. So that so that you can so you can you can course correct for where you where where you want to go to begin with. But that's what most people do. Down even down to the fact where um picking your college. I would not have chosen your college for you mm-hmm. um because it was an artsy college, you know, filmmaking and drama and dance. I would not have chose, chosen that for you. I would have chosen a more traditional college for you, you know, business degree, straight line, straight arrow, you know, this is the path you need to go down. As a matter of fact, you and I talked about it. I wanted you to be an attorney. You did. <laughs> I did. But to me, that was research and writing and acting in the courtroom if if you had to litigate. Mm-hmm. However, when you came to me and said, you know what, mom, I really want to go to this school. And your argument was, and still is, I'm doing nothing but projects. And if you look at work, what do you do on work? You you do projects in order to get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if she can have fun and do the projects and get the and get all the classwork out of it, and in the end, she's still learning all the same things. She's just having a lot more fun doing it than I ever would have. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So I watch movies to- for a living. Yeah, I've got to be on board with this. She, you know, you, you, your arguments always were, and again, the reason why I thought you should be an attorney, your arguments for me for anything that I thought were, this is the path you should take. You always came back with a counter argument and you have fun doing it. My, my thing, life, you only get one chance to just a little morbid, but you only get one chance to go through life and you might as well go through and have a really good time and enjoy yourself as you're going through it. Well, I always appreciated the fact that you kind of let me do what I felt I needed to do. And you gave me boundaries, but never limits. And I think, and I know from having talking to friends with moms who weren't always supportive or who don't understand the lifestyles they're living or who disapprove of their career path that I get to be much happier and I get to continue to do these things because I have your support. So thanks mom. Oh, baby. (laughs) I love you. I love you back. Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. Various episodes are edited by Jamie Broadnax, MR Daniel, and John Bauer. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Spotify. That was a HeadGum podcast.